Hi, my name is Joe Painter. What's the story? That's what I want to know. It's in the news constantly. Everywhere you look, everywhere you turn on the dial, you're bound to hear a story about the children. Where did all the children come from? There's 85,000 children have crossed the borders illegally. They're immigrant children. They're illegal children. They're undocumented children. What is really the story? And depending on who is telling the story, it's couched in, in a particular way. And it struck me as I read all of these stories and I hear the stories, I never hear the story of the children. I hear what this side thinks or what that side thinks about the issue or the problem, but I never hear about the children. And I thought it's important to find out what's the story from the children's perspective. It is the children who are making the journey. There must be a reason. And that question brought me through a number of channels to Amelia Frank Vitale and her husband, Eduardo Garcia. And both are here in the studio at the People Chronicles with me. Uh, very happy to be here at the Crown Plaza, thepeoplechronicles.com. Make that a favorite because there's wonderful stories here. And I have been anxiously awaiting. So Amelia and Eduardo. Eduardo, thank you both for taking the time today and stopping by our studios. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. And I should, first of all, back up and say, well, why, why Amelia and Eduardo? Why am I asking y you guys? Amelia, you're from Berks County. You're an anthropologist, is that correct? I will be an anthropologist. You will be. Okay. I have a bachelor's in anthropology, but I did. I grew up in Reading. I went to Reading schools, graduated from Reading High, um, yeah, I'm, I wasn't born here, but I was almost born and raised in Reading. Okay, born and raised in Reading. And Eduardo, you are? Well, I'm going to be a political scientist, and I'm from Mexico City. I born there. I was born there, and I'm, uh, I'm a journalist, too, and I've been working with migrants for some years. So you're a journalist, and I, I came right out of the gate talking about journalism, whether it's for radio or television or print. And there, there's always the story about these immigrant children. As a journalist, do we get the story right? Uh, yeah, in some, well, no, no. I think that there are so many changes in the story. There, there are so many ways to get that story. And mm -hmm. there are so many explanations to that story. And there are so many confusions, I think, in the press now in the U.S. about what's going on with the, with these children. And, well, that's what, what we're going to talk about. I, w I would agree there's a whole lot of confusion. So, Amelia, how did you leave Reading and, and then get to know the story of the children? Well, there's, I guess, suppose there's a long story of how I left Reading. I went away to college. I have a bachelor's degree in anthropology. I then lived in the Southwest for a number of years. Um, I was a union organizer, and I also did a lot of immigrants' rights work in Arizona. Um, mm. That's a hotbed, isn't it? Yeah. Arizona? <laughs> yeah, coming oh from Pennsylvania, goodness. Arizona was a really, really different situation. I actually decided to move to Arizona because I went there one summer and was floored, just completely stunned by the human rights crisis on the, in the desert in Arizona. I was, I was stunned. I really thought, how could this be happening in the United States? How could people be dying by the hundreds every year in our desert? That seemed 
impossible to me, and it seemed incredible that that could continue to happen year after year, and no one was really doing anything about it. Um, I Did you hear about it before you went there? I mean, were you familiar of there was a crisis, so to speak? Yeah, I'd studied a little bit about migration issues in college, and that was during, that was in 2004, so it was the summer before my senior year of college. Um, And I went there with that intention. I was volunteering with uh, an immigrants' rights group that was also doing um, voter registration, a voter registration drive. Um, And so I knew sort of intellectually that there was, that this was a big issue there Mm -hmm. and that um, Mm -hmm. it was pretty serious. But there was something about being there and seeing the border wall for the first time, this giant wall that divides the city of Nogales into the Mexican Nogales and the U.S. Nogales, um, and this horrible wall that sort of crawls up the hill, and you can see it from if you're down in sort of the center of the town, you can see it crawling all the way up the hill, and then there's roads on the U.S. side where trucks can go, um, border patrol trucks can move easily and quickly, and it just seemed like this giant scar on this otherwise really beautiful landscape. Did that Um, fence make sense to you? I mean, did, did it help whatever it was supposed to do keep illegal immigrants out of the u.s i suppose um no i think what that fence did and uh other fences like it um and fence is a really funny word to use even though it's what it's called the border (laughs) fence because it's not a fence at all it's a giant wall um what that wall did and other border walls like it um was actually push undocumented immigration into the more dangerous parts of the terrain. So instead of migrants walking through or near Nogales, um, where they're sort of close to civilization and close to to one city or another, um, that has now pushed migration into um, really dangerous terrain, really remote desert terrain, where you're very far from anything that resembles a town. Um, and that's, that's, that was an, that was an intentional part of the process, um, with Operation Gatekeeper in 1994, um, uh, and, and other similar operations. This was a a Mm -hmm. process, not just one single operation. They, the, the United States, um, opted for a strategy of trying to seal off the most used border crossing points. So Nogales, Tijuana, Ciudad Juarez, other places where there's big border cities, um, where people for generations had had come back and forth across the border, really. Uh, the United States decided to try and seal off those points, building fences, um, upping um, surveillance in a lot of different ways, and with the idea that that would push the flows of migration into the more dangerous areas, and then that would serve as a deterrent because they would be more dangerous, more people would um, get hurt and die, and that would serve as a deterrent to people, to would-be migrants. That, you just explained a lot. I, I was in Arizona one summer. I was going back and forth quite a bit. And there's a, it's actually a military town north of Nogales, I believe. I can't think of the name of it. There's a large military base. In southern Tucson, there's an Air Force base. Below Tucson. About? It's between Tucson. At any rate, I remember going there and, you know, exploring. Mm-hmm. And you could get to the point where you could look and see the fence. Mm-hmm. And so, or the mm-hmm. wall. Mm-hmm. And I saw it, and I wasn't in Nogales, but mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. close enough to see it. And I thought, well, that's the dumbest thing I ever saw because, <laughs> well, you see it begin and end. I thought, Absolutely. this is right out of Monty Python. What's the purpose of this? But now you're explaining it. They're directing people into mm-hmm. a dangerous terrain, mm-hmm. which is mean, quite frankly. It is mean. <laughs> and it was, 
it, it was anticipated. Um, there's in the the language that the that was used in writing um, the justification for Operation Gatekeeper, for example, they talk about um, the deterrent effect that they hope to have that it will make it harder. Uh, a lengthier process, uh, harder physically, harder terrain, harder um, climate to get through, um, and that the the idea was that would serve as a deterrent. Um, that being said, there was a great American demand for that wall, very political, mm-hmm. hot potato, and people angry and build the wall and stop immigration because of the the drain on on the infrastructure, etc. Um, so you chose Amelia to work for the migrant how did that decision come about well i was uh, like i said when i was in arizona in 2004 i was stunned i really felt like this shouldn't be happening Mm. especially not in the united states Mm -hmm. um and it seemed like the most pressing crisis of of the time and now that was 10 years ago but it took you to be there and see it to feel that strongly about it okay absolutely absolutely i mean i i think theoretically i believed that um, we should all have equal rights and that whether or not someone was born in another country, which is sort of luck of the draw, really, where we're born, true? Um, <laughs> shouldn't really determine uh, the opportunities available to someone. You know, I, like everyone in this country, come from immigrants. Now, my, my family never came from, didn't come from Latin America, um, but my grandmother uh, was an Italian immigrant and my great-grandparents were, on my mother's side, were German immigrants. And, you know, that's the, that's the history of everybody in this country. It is. For the it most is. part. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's uh, certainly um, indigenous populations here as well that, that didn't come over on a boat from Europe. But the majority of the people in this country have, have immigrant roots one way or another. And I think the best of the United States, the absolute best of this country, is that idea of being a place that is open to all who wish to come and and be live a safer life, have more opportunities, have a different life for their children, or whatever that immigrant dream might be, um, I think the best of us is is that is that idea. And you know, I certainly in my own life uh, felt very very close to my grandmother who mm-hmm. didn't speak English very well and um, had never became a U.S. citizen, um, but lived here for a very How very long time. How about that? So you have personal experience. I want to go to the other side of the wall. Eduardo, you live in Mexico. You lived in Mexico at the time. What's the feeling about that wall in Mexico? Oh, it's hard to say because I think that Mexico has became the very first border to arrive to the U.S. It's not the border between uh, Texas and Tamaulipas or the northern, northern border. In border in Mexico, but uh, the southern board, the southern part of Mexico, has became the the very first border to arrive to the U.S. because all Central American, in this case, that are one a big part of the migrants that you that we have here now, uh, well, uh, see Mexico as as the so you have to go through Mexico yeah, to you, get here. Mm-hmm. Almost all those people have to go through Mexico to arrive to the United States, and almost all those people. Uh, see Mexico as as the guardian or a certain kind of guardian of the United States, or maybe of the politics of the United States, not of the 
United States citizens because uh, so many people is against migration, uh, undocumented migration. So many people is in favor of undocumented migration. So uh, in this case, uh, Mexico has uh, changed their politics, and uh, it was there was a time during the 30s and 40s when Mexico was one of the most uh, welcoming places for migrants or for re refugees. And after that, after the 1994 and after 2001, Mexico have became the guardian of the United States and have changed their mind about uh, welcoming people and now have it, uh, have became a place where uh, the immigration laws ha uh, have been transformed in a security in a national security topic. So that also uh, it's reflected in the way in which Mexico treats migrants or in the way so Mexico is kind of supporting the American stance of the wall on a political level yes. anyway yes. at least on a political level and actually um, that's that's not a coincidence um, the United States has pressured Mexico and has yes um, that's true. trained and offered equipment and training and resources to Mexico to carry out, um, I think, the United States' agenda when it comes to national security and how immigration is seen to fit into a national security strategy. So through the Merida Initiative, um, the United States um, trains and equips, um, among other things, the, the Mexican immigration authorities. So there's a political level mm. on a personal level uh, among... The families, the peoples, the individuals, the husbands and the wives and the children of Mexico. How do they feel about the wall? Forget the politics. Uh, I think that there is uh, opposition against the wall, but also it's like a, some people feel like a criminalization of being Mexican. Because ah. how, why do you need to have uh, a wall in your backyard? Because that wall not Separate. only cross deserts but only mm -hmm. crosses f uh, homes it crosses houses and it crosses parks and it crosses mm -hmm. uh, football camps it crosses everything i never uh, thought of that and there are dividing so a playground or a yeah camp. and there are yeah. so many houses where the backyard has been uh, had disappeared because the border was installed there. So mm -hmm. now the children instead of playing in their backyard they have to play uh, i don't know play, hitting the ball against the wall or things like that. Like that. So uh, in some ways, like an in, it was an invasion of the private, uh, of the private life right. of so that many makes people. Sense. Mm -hmm. Also, so many people felt like uh, some kind of criminalization or some kind of discrimination because it's like the physical way to say that you are not allowed here. Yeah. And also that wall also div uh, divides so many families because there was maybe, well, the political borders between each country were mm -hmm. there but there were there wa there, there wasn't physical but then after this wall the families have been separated too because maybe you have a cousin a brother your sister any fa some member of your family that maybe lived in the US but there was a lot of communication between them but now that wall uh, also means like ended communication yes end of communication wow. and ends of so many relations so and also uh, there are a few borders in the all in all the world that are physical borders and I think that this is the most dangerous border as Amelia said but also is one most of the I don't know it's like an insult for so many Mexicans and for so many people in general 
that to put that, that needing yeah it yeah. hurt on a personal level i spoke i spoke to a taxi driver in nogales who's actually said that to me he said the wall has changed it used to be solid and now it's actually like metal sort of rust colored bars where you can see through to the other side supposedly to make it less um sort of jarring with the desert landscape and i asked a taxi driver so what do you think about the new wall it's different than the old one he was like ah it's all right it looks a lot like prison bars wow on that note, we're sharing conversation on what's the story with Amelia Frank Vitalian and Eduardo Garcia. The wall is up. People still want to cross the wall and come into the border. What happens when they get there and uh, the children? There are lots of children. So we'll find out about that story because I believe you've journeyed with them along the way. This is What's the Story on the PeopleChronicles.com. <laughs> 